You're listening to the Surgeons of Horror podcast. Hello, welcome to the Surgeons of Horror podcast. Its purpose is to dissect and discuss horror movies, both old and new. And today we've got something slightly a little bit different on our hands, where we're going to attempt to do an alternate commentary to the IT miniseries. As usual, the podcast will be hosted by yours truly, Paul Farrell, and this week I am joined by the other Surgeon alumni with Anthony, Richard, and Greer. This is the first time we're trying to do something for this, so what the, essentially what we're doing here is uh, providing our own audio commentary track to the IT miniseries. Yeah, this is this is weird for us, but yeah, yeah it's, it's going to be clunky, but please... Yeah, it'll be fine. So, um, We've ordered pizza. So the idea is, is that when I press play, if people are listening, they can kind of press play and listen to us talk shit for uh, three hours. Um, As opposed to every other podcast we've yeah. ever done. So um, before we kick off, though, we always ask the question of um, have we seen this film before? Um, and if so, what were your earliest memories of it? So I'll go to Greer first. Uh, I have seen this before a number of times. Yep. My very, very earliest memory of it was uh, about 13, 14, watching it with a pack of girlfriends on a warm summer's day with my uh, four slash five, can't quite remember how old she was, sister, uh, kind of creepily watching behind from behind a couch. Um, my friends then decided to do get out a Ouija board and uh, <laughs> so, to summon spirits because as you do when you're 13 years of age and you think right. that uh, you're invincible. Um, my sister proceeded to not shower or go to the toilet by herself for the next three months. And to this day, <laughs> and I would like to say she is about to turn 31, she has unbelievably like insane fear of clowns clown phobia yeah, yes. clown phobia what is clown phobia there is a word for it let's just call it clown phobia clown phobia clown phobia no it's, it's, I'll google yeah so like the um, so the interesting thing is that I I don't re- well I was young also when this came out but I don't recall are you calling thing... me old Paul no I'm calling myself old <laughs> um, <laughs> so but I don't recall there being a thing called clown phobia or whatever it's called before it came out um, was it a known thing do you know oh, oh, i had it when i was a baby so yes i'm guessing it, there is a thing uh, and you're really old yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's called cholerophobia a specific fear of clowns so um but okay so i but i am i'm a similar age to greer so i was um i and i remember watching it at a fairly young age too but i had read the book prior to seeing the film and I remember loving the book that was like my first entry into reading Stephen King and I I thought it was amazing so when I came to watch the film and it's done in two parts I was disappointed because of and we'll get to that the second half is not as strong as the first half shall we say Um, but I still enjoyed it I really liked Tim Curry and his performance in it and I remember being really kind of interested in the kids because the kids were the same age as me when it came out and so I, re- I identified with their journey and the way that went. Um, but what about you, Ant? Do you, because I think you did say you watched it for, watched around it, that same time. Uh, yeah, on VHS. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the clown picture. Wait, wait, wait. Can you please explain what VHS is for the other <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I watched it on the video TV. I watched it, yeah. I, um, 
I, I the clown picture on the cover got me for years because I I have a clown, I actually do have a clown phobia, um, and I'm fine with it now. But um, I remember thinking this is a great idea for a horror film. Didn't watch it for years. Finally, did see it on VHS. All I remember from it is John Ritter. Yeah. From Three's Company. Yeah. Uh, and Annette, Annette, Annette O'Toole. O'Toole. Yeah. He was Lana Lang in Superman. And somebody else. I didn't know Tim Curry was a clown, though. Oh, Tim Curry was a clown. I didn't know that. But yeah. John Boy. Yeah, John Boy. Yes, yeah, yeah, John Boy from, from Richard from, Thomas. Yeah, him. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> that's what I do remember from it, and okay. it's, uh, I, I can't remember the, the show at all. No worries. Um, so it all come. That'll also be interesting to see. Yeah, yeah. So um, let's let's start it off. So I've got a kind of my, my audio might drop out for a second, but I'm going to go over here. So here we are, about to do a live commentary on it. Can I just go back to uh, my sister's phobia of clowns? I did recall the other day, um, and I haven't told her yet, that I do remember a time we went to the circus, and I'm pretty sure we were sitting in the front row and a clown came and took her from us. I think he, he took that her. actually may have been the he start took, of her cloud took her. phobia. He snapped her. Not Pennywise, but you just never, never know, do you? Okay, so it. The opening credits have come up starring Harry Anderson. Dennis Christopher, which is John Boy, right? No, no, no. Dennis Christopher is someone else. Oh, the kid on the top left is a kid who died um, from Sequest. Yeah. Sequest, yeah. Did he die? Yeah, I know. Did Jonathan Brandis die? Yeah. He, yeah. He, he killed himself. Oh, hey, that's Mike Hanlon. Tim Reed, not Tim Reed. Mike Reed. John Ritter. Tim Reed. Yeah, he died. Yeah, it's one, one of those what the fuck sort of deals. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, yeah. So on that, so he was, um, so yeah, Rich, yeah, as you said, uh, what's his name again? Richard, Bra- no, Jonathan Brandis. There you go, yeah, yeah, right there yeah. in the credits. Um, so yeah, so he kind of um, hit fame with this plus Never Ending Story Part Two, oh, that's um, right. which really yeah. kind of propelled him to the. Uh, no Seth Green is in this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah man. Uh, yeah. Beep, beep, Richie. Um, yeah, and, and the sequest was the big one for him because he was a teenage heartthrob yeah. at that point. He was. Yeah. And then after that, his career just kind of didn't really kind of go anywhere. Um, and uh, I think he was in, he was in um, Heart's War uh, okay. from memory, um, but he was disappointed because a lot of his, uh, his part got kind of cut down. And then... Um, uh, we start with Downtown Derry. We do start with Downtown Yeah. There's a lightning bolt there. Didn't look fake uh, at all. Oh, that was it. He was in Ride with the Devil as well, the uh, Ang Lee film. But yeah, he apparently, like, it's allegedly that he, the reason he did it was because of his career and he was getting into drugs and stuff. So, but on officially, no one has kind of commented on. Yeah, it's, it's one of those really quiet deaths, really. Yeah. I didn't even know he died. So, I, and I know when everyone dies. Yeah. Like, I'm into that stuff. So, or, or, so this is Lawrence Cohen. I should have written up what he did as well. But, um, so Lawrence Cohen wrote this, but he also wrote the uh, the screenplay for um, Carrie. Oh, okay. Oh. So he was a Stephen King adaptor. Yeah. Um, it's directed by Tommy Lee Wallace, and we'll talk. Might talk about him a bit later because I don't want to throw out everything in one go. But um, he was closely associated with John Carpenter's early work. Oh, so this is interesting. You get a scare straight off the bat. Is that what's, is that what's happening right now? So, yeah. Yeah. so no ramping up to it. That's interesting. Oh, so it's Frankenfurter. Yes, man. Did you know that? Yeah, I knew I knew Tim. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Cameraman hits you in the face. Ow! What the fuck? 
So straight off the bat, the kid gets kid gets zapped. Yeah. As a storytelling convention, what do you think about that? Mm. Does it work? What? Well, like we're, we're, the thing is that I found when I was rewatching this recently that you really feel that you are in TV territory. Like for me, like I'm such an avid horror fan now, it's not it doesn't get anywhere near bloodthirsty enough for me. But can can we also qualify that with this is actually what 27 years old? It is 27. 20, years. 30 yeah, years 20, old. Yeah, nearly 30 years old. Or was it 28, so sorry. it's kind of hardly surprising now because filmmaking has progressed in such oh, a yeah. way that we are looking for something that's shocking and yeah. over the top. That's true. Yeah. But yes, killing a child straight up is definitely shocking and a little bit over the top. Yeah, like no ramp up at all. So what does Pennywise do them? He tears them to pieces? Yeah, yeah essentially, like, he feeds on them. Somebody's talking! So we, we were introduced to, this is Mike Hanlon's character that we're introduced to now. Um, he's one of the Losers Club. Yeah. Um, and he's the only character that stays in Derry. Everyone else has left. Um, and he essentially is the narrator of the book when you read the book. And so this is all resonating with him right now. Most of the time. So this death is like setting off alarm bells with him, right? Uh, it is because he's, it's like something like the seventh killing that's happened. And this is important, this bit here, because this is where he sees a photo. This is important. This is, like, critical. Yeah, all right. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're right. Is he going to do some gardening? What's up? What's up? No, it's Georgie. it's Georgie. Georgie. Oh, is that the kid that you fled too? Is that the kid that goes missing? Yeah. Yes. Ah. This, is, uh, this is Bill's brother. younger brother. This is when flashbacks start. Yeah. Wow, funky blue lights on the house. It's <laughs> library. This is so, yeah, 80s and 90s. All night has to be blue. 1990, this, was, this came out. I feel like Paul and I are going to be really smug and, like, you know, know-it-alls through this whole thing because we've seen this so many times. Yes. Whereas Ant is just like a, an it virgin. Yeah. Well, not it virgin, but I've been so long I'm a virgin again, basically. What's that like, being a virgin again? <laughs> uh, well, I've, answered, I've, had, I've had it happen to me quite a few times. How's did he? That's kind of, I, I know where Hanson Heath is. Hey, it's John Boy. So do I. Look at the computer. I would like to think Ant does as well. Can we just... Uh, Look at that computer. Can we just note... Uh, this is John Boy. He plays Bill Denver, the older version of Bill Denver. Can we just also note his, his ponytail? <laughs> oh, has he got it? Uh, yeah, you'll see it in a minute. It's so hip, man. Like, in, in the book, he's a balding character. He is a balding character. And all of a sudden, in, in this, he's got hair. Lots of hair. And how about Olivia Hussey playing oh, yeah. such a minor role in this too? Like, she's huge, yeah. She played uh, people, well, old, pe old, old people like me and Anne will know her as playing Juliet in Romeo yeah, and Juliet. Yeah, Juliet. Um, uh, the guy who played Romeo in Romeo and Juliet wrote a sequel, Romeo and Juliet 2, which he tried to flog in Hollywood <laughs> to get made for years on end. But, how did he go? <laughs> oh, well, well. dying in the well, end. Yeah, I don't know how. He, that's, I think that was the f reason why a lot of people didn't take his phone call. Was that Romeo and Juliet resurrected? Yeah. It's probably a prequel called Romeo and Juliet Prometheus. Did you look on the table? That looks like there's scripts on the table. There is scripts. He's a writer. Yeah. Oh, well, that makes she's sense an then. actress. All oh, right. Well, there you go. So he's uh, a lot of the other uh, narration in the book is told from his point of view too. And interestingly, like as, as you were saying, he's a. Yeah, this is where we get to see the, the young kids for the first time making their blood pact. So, like, um, 
Yeah, what was I saying with that? Yeah, so interestingly, like, he's a horror writer, so you get the feeling that Stephen King's identifies with this character. King, King's done that before, though. He's done a few movie stories where well, the lead character's a writer. Yeah, The Shining. The Shining. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, perfect yeah. Example. And Misery as well. Misery, yeah. yeah. You write what you know. Yeah. yeah. And he knows about scary shit. Tax man. The um, so uh, sorry we were talking over that. So the the person that called in was Mike, the guy we saw at the beginning. And it's Bill's brother that was the first child that died. Yeah. Which we've seen in the trailer for the new for the new movie. That's correct. Yes. Yeah. And this and is so our flashback. This is our flashback. This is our well second flashback, but it is. That, dude, what is it with that song? Everyone seemed to play that when I was at school. Yeah. And they did it to kind of show off, but good it just pissed like you off. Yeah, there's some, there are some good kind of stuff. The way it's shot is really good. How'd they get inside the room? There's <laughs> a crash. Oh, uh, it's a kid from DEC Quest DSV. Yeah, Jonathan Brandis. Yeah, I kind of feel really sad about him. I do. I'm really feeling melancholy about seeing this kid now. Yeah. He was really good. He's really good in this. And that's something that a lot of people noted. Like, the critics kind of said all the kids were really good in this. Yeah. The performances. You probably shouldn't say the kid. I've seen the trailer. What? Yeah, so he's got a, he's got a boat. You made him a paper boat. He's your brother. Yes, that's right. And, and Bill Denver's got a stutter. Which he starts picking up when he's an adult. So it's interesting, like, the lighting for this sort of stuff compared to the lighting these days. Yeah. yeah. On horror films. It's so much flatter now compared to the current films. And yeah. Although this, this is pretty noir. It's not bad. But it's nowhere near the sort of stylized lighting that you get no. for, for modern-day horror films. I still can't help but feel this was made. This was made more for television than it was as a film. It does feel like a telly movie. Yeah. Feels like a you know hallmark movie of the week, except <laughs> a horror hoop movie of the week. Yeah, yeah. Horror, horror hoop movie of the week. Yeah. It's not going to end well for George. Don't go, Georgie. Well, he. Clearly paid attention to that, didn't he? The, in, um, in the new trailer, yeah, Georgie runs. He puts his boat down, down the the water, yeah, down the side the sidewalk, the in the gutter, and he runs and he bumps his head in the thing. Can I just say, <laughs> the best thing about the new trailer? <laughs> it just uh, you think you're going to see something scary, and then you see some kid whack his head. There it is. Oh, he got round it. He's all right. He's a bit so, wise. Green Paul Farrell. I love it when a child gets hurt <laughs> on film. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> I didn't it laugh. Stuck child. <laughs> stuck child. Oh, he's making a noise. I thought he was doing a duck noise for a second. No. The um, yeah. So this is where we get to. Re- I mean, I know we saw a glimpse of Pennywise, but this is where we get to see him. And, and even in the book, this is such an iconic moment. I was really quite... Yeah, like, so it's a yellow balloon, not a red one. Yeah, I was quite fascinated with his nose. 
as in Pennywise's nose in this. Oh, yeah. It's quite it's bulbous. Yeah, I kind of was drawn to that. <laughs> as you are. Pennywise the dancing clown. <laughs> so Pennywise is talking to a kid. So there's an interesting thing there because he they mention his name. He mentions his name, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. Pennywise. Pennywise does. Yeah. Not he doesn't say he's Pennywise, he's Bob Gray. His name is Dub in the book, yeah. So how many years after Frank uh Rocky Horror has he done this? This was this was about eighty nine. Twelve years. So, yeah. Like Rocky Horror was seventy six, seventy eight, right. somewhere. Wow. That's a great bit. Oh, scary. So that, did that the teeth thing scare you? Yeah, that did. Really scared me. So, like, the, because uh, that's, you know, such a great moment. And in the, like, I'm really hoping that the new film explores that scene in the way the book does because in the book his whole arm gets ripped off <laughs> poor foul wants to see well, kids they, arm ripped off find his body with the arm missing basically yeah. that's what happens in the book i want to see that do you think they'll go there having just reread it again yeah, yeah. so how did you feel about rereading it again Greg? because I, I did the same thing too and I, I found, I, I struggled a bit in places. I found it a quite a trudge going through it. I still really, really enjoyed it, but. Yeah, I, I was a bit the same. I, you know, I started it a couple of months ago on a weekend away and I don't get a lot of time at home to read anymore. Um, to, television's just way too good. Um, <laughs> but then I, when I was on holidays recently, I watched it, you know, again. And, uh, sorry, I read it again um, or finished reading it. And it, it was... It, it was hard in some places and I had to kind of break it up a little bit yeah. um, and, you know, like read something else in between just to kind of soften the blow. But once I got to about the thousandth page, <laughs> I, then I just wanted to, like, it was good and I really wanted to just push through it. But I think there was about a slog in there, maybe, you know, 500 to 1,000 yeah, pages yeah. were just a bit, yeah, a bit of a struggle. What I found about about it though is, and, and this is a testament to Stephen King's writing, is like the first two. It's told in five parts, and the first two parts are quite dense, but it kind of builds the characters, and yeah. and that and that's why it's so rich. And then the last three parts, you kind of plough through it because yeah, it's do. it's a lot quicker, and yeah, it was really good. Such a good book. So this was uh, we were just talking over the the moment where the photograph album comes bleeds basically. Bleeds basically, yeah. Parents don't seem to be that. Parents can't see it. Yeah. Parents can't see it. Yeah. All oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Only children can see it. <laughs> Sorry, that was funny. <laughs> oh my god! I said that's how they do a Monday morph or morph back then. Is you had to get out of focus. They do it. They do it the whole way through this. Um, these opening sections. She really peaked at Romeo and Juliet, didn't she? Yeah. Still really. What are you saying? She's still really. Uh, in terms of the acting. <laughs> I mean, she's beautiful, yeah, but she's she does overact in this. I've yeah. got to say, for the little part she plays, she's very understated right at the end, though. But yes, you know, so hashtag really. no spoilers. <laughs> until we get there. Until we get there. Yeah. So uh, probably we're just a good moment to talk about um, 
Richard Thomas. So, like, he was mostly known, obviously, for playing John Boy, as we said, in the series The Waltons. But it was a role that kind of really he so closely identified with, he became quite typecast in that, and he's never been able to really shake that off. When you watch this, do you see him as John Boy? Or? I can't see anybody but John Boy. Yeah. See, I never really got into the Waltons, so for me, like, if I had to sort of talk about Richard Thomas, this is the... It's this that I would think about. But no, obviously I do know about him being John Boy. Um, but, yeah, to me it is his most... Um, yeah, I think. well, I think moving, moving uh, the Wardens aside, I think this is what he's most known for. And a lot of Hallmark movie of the week. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> or he crops up in, like, Law and Order and things like that. Yeah, I have this feeling he, he's been in... He has been in a show that's been very long-running series. You, I don't know. Um, I, I just can't, for the life of me, pinpoint what it is. Let me do the quick Google Yeah, search. you do the Google while we're doing this. So we're about to meet John Ritter. Yay! I love John Ritter. We were saying that off off record, weren't we, about John Ritter? Yeah, I love John Ritter. So like, he was obviously, uh, at the time this came out, uh, Problem Child came out too. <laughs> that was such a great Which kind of was, so with this and uh, Problem Child, it really kind of launched him. Okay, he's in The Americans. Sorry, let's just go back to John Boy for a second. He's in The Americans. That's, yeah, that's why he's so front of mind at the moment. Yes, 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 yes. I'd forgotten that. Anyway, back to John Ritter. Yeah, John Ritter. So, like, at the time, like, so this kind of was his, this time was, like, his kind of second uh, projection into the, into the, yeah, Three's Company and Three's a Crowd is what made him. And then there was this plus, as I said, Problem Child, and he came back to do Problem Child 2. Which was terrible. Which was awful, yeah. Uh, But he, uh, he would also kind of get further success in, in the latter years of his career, which was uh, in that eight simple rules for dating my teenage daughter. Which is what he was doing when he passed away. Yeah, and it was, it's a shame because it was like, it was actually just starting to pull a, a decent audience well, figure he as had, well. Had Peggy Bundy and, and what's her name from, who's in the Big Penny. Bang Theory? Yeah, Penny from the Big Bang Theory now. Yeah. Yeah, cruelly robbed from this world, John. He was, was a great he actor. also did a um, cop series in the 80s. Yeah, he played a cop. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> okay, do you want me to Google that too? Do you want to know what it is? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> I don't know what that one is. I'll be, I'll be the, I'll be the official Googler for tonight. There's the phone call. So this is Ben. He plays Ben Hanscom. Yes. This is a great scene in the book. <laughs> you know, so, in, so in the book, though, so that's that was a glimpse of um, Henry Bowers, who's like the big school bully. Uh, his role in the book is a lot more prominent than it is in the film um, that we're watching, but. Um, that scene where they're attacking Ben Hanscom, they, he actually carves the letter H into his stomach. Yeah. And we don't actually see that in this. He, uh, we, we see in a second, but basically Ben kicks his way out and frees himself before that happens. John Ritter's 80s uh, cop show was Hooperman. Hooperman. Oh, right. wow. Yeah, I remember watching that. I wouldn't have acknowledged 
or recognise that that was from there, though. He was from there. So he's become uh, like so. Uh, John Boy, <laughs> Bill has become a successful writer. Ben has become a successful architect. Well, this is important. Well, kind of important. And also, Ben's lost a lot of weight. And he's lost a lot of weight. I really like the uh, char Ben's character. I love Ben's character. He was always my favourite. Yeah, I think uh, he was my favourite too. Just, I think probably also had a slight crush on John Ritter. Oh, yeah, my, me too. Yeah. I mean, he was kind of like a bit of, bit of me too. Okay, <laughs> he was a, like no, he was a bit of every man. You know, he was. He a bit, was right. He was, he was good looking, but he wasn't too good looking. Mm. You could kind of just really relate to him. Yes. There's Seth Green. Buffy. No, Seth Green. <laughs> Robot chicken. Robot chicken. Yeah, do we talk, do you want to talk about Seth now? or? We can talk a bit about Seth. Oh, like Seth? Only because we just don't know who this kid is, really. I'm sure he's been in heaps of stuff, but we don't know who he is. But So Seth Green um, has just come on, on screen, and he plays Beep Beep Richie. Richie Tozier. Um, Seth Green, also known as Oz in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, yep. uh, the creator, I think, of Robot Chicken. Co-creator. Co-creator of Robot Chicken. Um, you name it, he's been in it. Scott Evil in the Austin Powers movies. Oh, yes, of course. Oh, yeah, that's right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. He goes, I didn't get my gun now, Dad. Let me just kill him. <laughs> you just don't get it, Scott. Scott. He was also in another horror film called Idle Hands which was like uh, early 2000s, I want to say, with, uh, oh, I forgot the guy's name. The dude, he was in, uh, he co-starred with the guy, the kid he starred with was the same kid that was in Final Destination, the main kid in that. Oh, yeah. Now, this is, uh, so we're, we're following Ben Hansen's story at the moment, but this is uh, Beverly Marsh that he's talking to at the moment. She's played by Emily Perkins, and I had a moment when I was watching this and I was looking at this, I was like, so recognise her face. And she's basically from Ginger Snaps, which is such an underrated oh, horror yeah. film. I have no idea. Oh, you've so got to watch it. It's a werewolf film um, that came out, again, early 2000s, I want to say. And she's like, there's two, two uh, lead girls in it, and she's, they're sisters, and she's one of them. And... Um, it was it was done really well because it's done using because the werewolf kind of mythology is very much about the sexual awakening of men, um, and in this instance they flip that and do the sexual awakening of women. It was really good. So now Ben's uh, in a situation that's not very good right now. That's probably the understatement of the night. But uh, Henry Bowers, Switchblade. Switchblade. So yeah, this is the bit I said. So he actually does carve him in the book, but we don't see that here. There we go. And down he goes. And this was a bit more drawn out as well in the book. Like <laughs> A bit more drawn out? Yeah. It was about 100 pages, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah like him trying to get away. Anyway. Yeah. 
Yeah, look, a 1400 book being condensed into a three and a bit hour mini series <laughs> yeah. is really hard to do. So like, I've got to give them credit. They did a good job of capturing probably the most important stuff. Yeah, like I mean, the, an important part was just to build that, you know, to build the characters, as I said, and I feel like they, they do that with the first part, which we're watching right now. Uh, it's just a shame that they didn't kind of give enough of that love in the second half of this film. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, I watched the first half again a couple of weeks ago with uh, with Pabs and the kids, yeah. and. Um, the kids kept saying, oh, it looks so, looks so old. I'm like, it is old. <laughs> um, we watched the first part and I thought they'd be really keen to see the second part. They just didn't seem that interested. Um, and I had planned on watching the second part before we came here tonight and just, you know, sort of, yeah, didn't. So hopefully the second part will be a bit of a nice, like, sort of surprise for me again, given it's been a few years since I've watched it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's all right. <laughs> it's not great. I, I, we were saying just before we were rolling the record too about what I was saying, how in the book it's told in five parts. And essentially the first part of the miniseries is the first part. And then they crowbar the remaining four parts into the second half. So there's a lot that gets dropped. Some of it is probably a good thing that they dropped it, though. I'm just going to throw that out here now and early. Are you going to say that? No, no. Yeah. I'll say it later. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm yeah, glad yeah. they dropped some of it. Yeah, yeah I, I do agree. There are bits that warranted not being used. But where we are at now is nice because it's where the losers firstly start to join. Like, up until this point, they've been yeah. quite disparate. They've all been kind of loners all by themselves, being bullied. And then purely by circumstance, they, you know, end up, you know, like coming together it's like there's a greater being that's pulling them together a being known as pennywise the clown <laughs> or is it the turtle it could be the turtle we don't see the turtle in this though that's where it gets like really trippy in the yeah. book i probably should have been high or something when i read that part of the book there we go there's the third of the outfit That was a bit more drawn out too, where these panic attack and then Bill having to go to uh, the chemist. The chemist, yeah. yeah. And then we the the bike features a lot more in the book too. Oh yeah, silver. Silver, yeah. It's kind of not really. I was surprised because I I thought it did feature a lot in this. But yeah, because particularly with, uh, again spoilers, but the ending, mm. it kind of hangs on the bike. The bike, yeah. Anyway, so how are you finding this at the moment, Anne? Are you kind of following the, the plot line? I'm writing down everything you're saying. He's not actually, he's doing other work. <laughs> you loser club so member. <laughs> so I'm slightly relieved that there's only three of us here tonight because at one point there was going to be, what, seven? And I thought we were going to have to play roles in the losers club. <laughs> and as much as I love Beverly... Yeah. Not sure that I wanted to be Beverly. Yeah. I was saying, like, uh, you know, I was thinking about this. I think that was me that said that because I kind of was trying to look at if we could, if we were to identify ourselves with a character. Um, as much as, as I already said, I, I love Ben's character, because the, the podcast is, is my thing and I run it, it kind of makes sense that I'm Bill, but I'm so not Bill. And I, I find I'm more like Eddie. I'm just kind of weak. <laughs> 
weak kind of fool of a character. I so I don't remember this in the book either, like him staying with other people. Yeah, Was I that no, he he did. Um, he. We're talking about Ben, yeah. So Ben's um, mum, I think she lost her job and they had to go and live with his auntie and cousin or something. There was a part in the book that this happened. Yeah. It was, I mean, it wasn't a massive plot point or anything, so. No. But it kind of, I think it kind of highlights, I mean, like, he's he's a big kid in this, isn't he? And, like, and that's what the book focuses on more and he gets bullied because of that. But this kind of adds more weight to that he's not just a big kid, that he's isolated because he's not from this place. He's not from Derry. Yeah. yeah. And um, Yeah, he's a, he's a child he's without a, a father. He's, yeah. you know, he's all the things that, you know, a teenage boy kind of needs. Yeah. Um, yeah, he does seem to not have it. Yeah. Because with the exception of Eddie, yes. I think all the other kids have got both parents. Oh, no, no Beverly's only got her dad, dad in this, but in the book, he, she had her dad, dad and her mum. Yeah, that's right, but yeah. But in, in this yeah. adaptation, it's only the dad. We only see the dad, that's right. Yeah. But he's a, an overbearing character himself, isn't he? Well, yeah. But, you know, I mean, Stephen King kind of writes it as it is, really. He, he wrote yeah. Beverly's, you know, parents as the mum being a bit weak and not saying anything or not kind of wanting to acknowledge that, you know, the dad yeah. was a not a good person, whereas I think in the movie they've gone down the path of let's just make it a single father being overbearing on his daughter, only child. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I remember in this scene, like, so we're watching where Ben sees Pennywise for the first time. I remember this particular scene really freaking me out. I I think I couldn't work out how he was, where he was and how he was balancing on the water. Jesus. Yeah, he is. This bit, I always remember this particular clip. I think actually, from memory, in the uh, on TV, this is what that was the bit they showed. You know, uh, did you get it out here where they always, uh, when it went into an ad break, they'd show a little clip oh, with with a title yeah. sequence, and yeah. it would go. Into, I think that's what they showed in the UK. I think that's why it sticks. So, and I can hear you're really uh, contributing a lot at the moment. <laughs> well, where do I point the microphone my way? Well, yeah, it's because you're not saying anything. Well, I was saying that you keep the microphone to you, so I'm back you again. You gave it to me. Yeah, no, to hold so I can type. Fight, 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 fight. Um, oh my god, yeah. Pennywise has got to us too. Yep. All I'm thinking is how flat the lining is. Because it's so television, it looks like a TV yeah. movie. Yeah. 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 You can, so we're going to be introduced to a Beverly Marsh character. Beverly Marsh's character now, Annette at all. So are you going to wake up now, Ant? Oh, so that's so that's Annette. Is that the girl we saw earlier? Yes. Check out the 80s earrings. And the hair. I still have that haircut that dude has. You actually do still have that haircut. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not changing my haircut. That is it. That is your hair. It's like you donated your hair to him. Pretty much. I did steal the look off him. Because I wanted to be an 80s douchebag. Yuppie. Yuppie. Yeah, like he, and then in the book, he they really play up how much of a douchebag he is in this. No, not many, no pun intended, but they pull the punches a bit. <laughs> and uh, for the TV. Yeah. <laughs> Have you had any word from Richard yet? Not yet. Okay. Hi, Richard. 
Hey, Richard. You're missing out. Like, I, so, like, with, with Annette O'Toole, like, so she was, um, as you said, Laura Lang from Superman 3. Yes. And I was yeah, looking... Lana Lang, wasn't it? Lana Lang. Lana Lang. And uh, she, she was already kind of making waves with uh, the remake of Cat People, which starred Natasha Kinski. She was in 48 Hours, and then... That's right. She's Jack Jack's girlfriend. Yeah, that's it. And then, uh, and as we said, played Laura Lane in, uh, which was Clark Kent's old flame in Superman 3, or the Superman movie that you shouldn't really talk about. <laughs> These Asian guys are very inscrutable. That, the Superman movie where he goes back to Smallville. Yeah. And fights himself. We all fight ourselves in different ways. Well, Superman 3 was the one with uh, the man from Uncle, yeah? Yes. Yes. And, uh, and uh, Richard Pryor. Richard Pryor, yes. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, like, but interestingly, Annette O'Toole would actually go back to Superman with the Smallville series playing Martha Kent, his mum. Didn't Helen, Helen Slater's now... Is now the mum. Is the mum in... In, in uh, Supergirl. In Supergirl, yeah. 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 Yes. How come she's not having a flashback? She is. Give it a sec. Far out, man. So impatient. Oh, champagne, a man after my own heart. Woo! <laughs> and, and drinking it from the bottle. <laughs> I actually thought, I bet you this is what Green does at two in the morning. <laughs> totally. Awesome. Now, yeah, so this scene that happens here, they kind of really <laughs> gloss over it, but it's brutal as fuck in the book. What does she do? Like they, it's a full-on fist fight that occurs because she's like he's like this overbearing kind of control freak. Domestic violence is bad. And it, he just lays into her, but then she starts pulling her own punches back, and glasses him at one point, isn't she or something? Like, no, she throws a uh, jar of like cream or something at him, and it smashes. And yes, yeah. But it's quite brutal in the book. It's like, it it's a full brutal. on, like, you kind of really feel that journey. Well, I don't know. Yeah, I think it gets a bit kinky here, does it? It's not kinky. No, it's not meant. It's, no, it's not kinky. We, we all know what Ant likes doing in his pastime. <laughs> Yeah, here we go. Take it. Oh, he's down. But like, like he's like in the book, he's bleeding. Like you know, like. But then in the book, her her legs are like her feet are bleeding, and she's walking on glass, and she leaves the house with no shoes, and like runs to her friend's place. Yeah, I can see what you're saying about it's being pulled back. Yeah, it's yeah, definitely being yeah. pulled back. You know, again, it comes down to, I guess, time, you know, and did we see enough for it to be a critical part of the story? Yes. Because it's important. It's important character development. You're right. You're right. I, I just, I, I guess I just wish, like, I'm so in love with the book. I just really want to see that explored and, and allow the richness of the book to come forward in 
the series. I get. I'm being too. Cri I'm being too critical, aren't I? Agree. That's what you're saying. Basically. <laughs> it's Ben. He's watching her. So Ben has a crush on Beverly. Your hair is winter fire. Something something. <laughs> something something. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he's even bothered finishing really the poem. This guy's really good. <laughs> there you go. And this is where we see the dad for the first time. I kind of like the fact that uh, he's he's this just this wiry kind of looking guy. You know, it breaks the stereotype of of being like a big a big guy. I'll worry about you. I'll worry about you a lot. Yeah, again, this was quite a bit more of a brutal scene in the in the book as well. Yeah. yeah. It's a Forrest Gump, isn't it? Like, you know, these kids not coming from happy backgrounds. But, like, the others, like... You know, well, no, the but, what's the name? Uh, what's the, the, the girl? Beverly. Jenny. Jenna, oh, Jenna, Jenna, yeah. I may not be a smart man, Jenny, but I know what love is. I, I don't know that they all come from a sad background, though. Like, I mean, you don't hear enough about Stan or, <clears throat> or Richie's family or anything. Um, I think it's more the fact that they're isolated from their peers for whatever reason. And now three becomes four. Yay. I like you. It's about to fast come six though, isn't it? Because Richie and Stan come in on the scene. Yeah. Um, and it, remember in the book as well, like um, Bill is described as being like, you know, like big and tall and like old for his age, but... Jonathan Brandis just looks as young as the rest of them. Which is why I think the casting works for the new one. Have you seen the guy that plays Bill, the young Bill? That's not the kid from um, Stranger Things, is it? No. Who does he play? He plays Eddie, I think. Oh, really? Okay. Don't call me Eddie Spaghetti. Because... Um, the, uh, yeah, I think so. Because the guy that plays Bill, he's like, he looks tall. Yeah. Tall and lanky. So Seth, before this, was already kind of in a lot of, like, kids' kind of comedy things, wasn't he? Yeah, I think so. Like, he had kind of already kind of carved his name as a bit of a child actor, child actor yeah. He made the transition really well. Because he appeared on a lot of stuff. Yeah, right? yeah. And Buffy being one of the many things he did, yeah. So yeah, I, I, I criminally haven't really watched a lot of Buffy. Yeah, this is that's my Godfather moment to you. I have watched it, don't get me wrong. But you didn't... You, uh, Paul doesn't like Community. That's true. Yeah, I don't like community. What the fuck? I know, right? Yeah. Did you watch the end? Of Community? Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, we can talk about that later. That can be another podcast. I do love that there's little moments of levity in this as well. It's not all dark and disturbing, you know, like a nice jaunty 50s song and building a dam and everything. Well, Stephen King was always very good at that as well in his books. There's always like a lot of uh, music and song references. And this really captures, I mean, Stand By Me is uh, a great example of that too. The only time I think we hear him say that in this film. Until the end. What was the other Stephen King book about the alien that there's a mind palace and um, some guy, there's four boys and one of them, uh, that's right, and one of the, the fifth boy is an alien and he gave them powers and uh, it's got... The dream catcher? Dream catcher, yeah, yeah, same, same concept, you know. He loves these you know, childhood... Yeah, I was thinking that too, he does. Yeah. He's very good at writing that. Then the dream catcher had uh, the Damien Lewis in it. Yeah, it did, yeah. And the dude from um, My Name Is Earl. Jason Lee. Yeah, Jason Lee, yeah. Oh, right. He's the one that keeps chewing on a toothpick. Oh, yeah. Hey, so the film, uh, was it The Watch or something like that, that had Richard Ayadiyadi and... Was Simon Pegg as well? Oh, okay. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, Okay. This is a great scene. This is a great scene. Where the... Yeah. This is where uh, Pennywise is talking to Beverly from the drain of the uh, sink. And this is another bit where it highlights that the adults can't see what the kids can see. Emily Perkins is great. I'm a big fan of hers. Is that the girl? Yeah. What's she done? <laughs> uh, so, I, as I said, she was in that um, Ginger she Snaps. She particularly terrified in this scene. She does it. Like, she does do it really well in Gin- Ginger Snaps too. And like she was in, like so Ginger Snaps was uh, ended up being a trilogy, and she was in all three of them. Um, but she was also uh, had minor roles in Insomnia and Juno. Um, and more recently, she had a regular role in the TV series Hiccups. Just kind of brought her back into the scene again. I don't think she's cool. Here we get your transition again, Ant. Oh, not quite as good, that one. No, that was a snap cut. <laughs> um, Richard's here. Oh, is he? Yeah. We are joined by a fourth. So just like there is a fourth member of the Losers Club in the film, yeah. there is now a fourth member of the not Losers Surgeon, Club. Surgeons of Horror. Does that make me Beverly or is it... No, the moment you're Eddie. Oh, is it? So it's gender specific. So it... no. Hey, there we go. Uh, no. I am not Beverly. <laughs> I can't no, remember. So it doesn't have to be Jet Bent. Besides Bill. And this is also quite interesting too because in the film, Eddie is married to... A rather large domineering woman, yes. but in this, his mum, yeah, I found that really a really interesting choice. The saving actors, or that, that, that's it. It feels as if it's just been filmed by two completely different directors like the adult sequences and the kids' sequences. 
That's not a bad idea. Uh, yeah, it's probably not bad, but it isn't. It is shot by the yeah. same director. Or he's the one calling the shots. Yeah, but like, yeah, to go back to what Greer was saying, it's an interesting moment, isn't it, where they choose not to bring his wife into the equation and that he is this kind of stay-at-home... I mean, I guess in the book, she is that. Her, his mum is that kind of uh, really overprotective... Well, yeah, he's married his mum, just like Beverly's married her dad. So it's an easy way to just merge the two characters into one without really having too much impact on the story. I always imagine these sort of sequences when these off, like, you know, characters are just coming. Suddenly he's driving the car, he just disappears, and he's then caught in this car that's just driving down a road. <laughs> just to make the scene a bit more interesting. Yeah, yeah. Watching as a 12-year-old is slightly different, though, now. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the thing. Like, I, so when did you when did you first? I watch grew this? up on this. I, I, I um, like Tim Curry was huge yeah. in my family. So Rocky Horror Picture Show and all yes, that. And then yes. seeing this was just oh, he's amazing. Yes. Um, uh, but terrifying aspects more about what you would think about it because I'd never read the books. My sister read the book and okay. told me certain shocking elements of it. Yeah. But the idea of it being fear itself was yeah, far more yeah. terrifying for me when I closed my eyes and went away from it than yeah. actually seeing, you know, all these personifications. The reference for the Wolfman actually is, is one of the biggest problems that they're having. The mummy, isn't it? The Wolfman? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's from a particular, a particular film. It was from a particular film, yeah. This is a, I Was a Teenage Werewolf. That's it. Yeah. It's not the sort of thing you're really going to go see at the cinema now, is no, it? No but it could be your Annabelle creation sort of equivalent. So this is like a, this is the thing where I think there's a big misstep in the TV series is that it has to take on a physical form in order to feast, mm. um, and it doesn't really get explored in this until the climax, which we're not going to talk about just mm. yet. Um, and this is one instance of it as well. Like the the werewolf is is a lot more prominent in the book too, um, because it's Ed, Eddie's vision of of his fear. Mm. Oh, not Eddie, sorry, Richie's. It's Richie's, yeah. That's right, that's Seth Green, isn't it? Yeah. So, Richie, this is your first podcast with the Surgeons of Horror team. Yeah! I to say a proper welcome yeah. and thanks for coming on board. Oh, thank you for um, having me um, and oh, for the quick initiation stab in the side. It was good. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll all float by the end of this, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> we all float down here. Yes, Georgie. This actually sequence, when I was a kid, was one of the most terrifying because I grew up in an area that had the bush and the marshes. So I would go out bushwalking and I would imagine seeing just someone standing in the middle of somewhere you couldn't go. And that was terrifying. These images, it was much more about that than... Yes. So how old would you have been, Richard, when you first saw it? I feel like I was probably around 10, 7 or 10. Yeah, right. Right. Because I'm pretty sure it was Rocky Horror was when I was about (laughs) 6. Yeah, yeah. The, um, uh, for a minute, I thought Stan had the uh, Thundercats emblem on his <laughs> scalp uniform. Then that was funny. Um, yeah, I found that I found this uh, this particular bit it, like when Ben sees Pennywise for the first time mm. uh, on that same as location, his father. Yeah, that yeah. really stuck with me. Like I really the buttons seeing, changing. Yeah, it was slowly decaying into that. It was yeah yeah. yeah. And that, like, as in comparison from the recent film, is this what we've seen to the older version of Pennywise? Yeah, there's no grotesque. No. And I like that about the idea of it's actually he looks like someone that the kids would approach. Yes, yes, that's right. Mm. Eddie, Eddie. We're going to talk about Tim because we haven't actually spoken about Tim as far as his credits is concerned. 
So I'm um, just throwing in a bit of Eddie Murphy's roar in there. <laughs> Why not? Why not? This is what this film's lacking, a bit of Eddie mm. Murphy. Sorry. Um, so, yeah, so, you, uh, um, you know, Tim Curry, I know I put a deliberate pun in here that he thrust onto our screens playing Frankenfurter <laughs> um, in Rocky Horror Picture Show. And that was really what launched him. And then, um, and another iconic role um, that he played for me was as Wadsworth in the film Clue, <gasps> yes. which was based on the popular board game Cluedo. Uh, oh, actually, it was based on a popular game called Clue. Clue. The game is called Clue, Australian version, and uh, international versions were called Cluedo. Oh, really? The American yeah. version is called Clue. It's I Cluedo. never realised that. Yeah, yeah we, we call Cluedo. Well, we called it Cluedo in the UK too, and yeah. and the English invented the language, so they're... <laughs> yeah, you're right. Therefore, it's Cluedo. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Just to um, mention a, another terrifying sequence, this, I think, for most of my, me and my friends, out of the whole film, this is the most iconic moment that everyone just Really? Goes, yeah. This is what scared the absolute shit out of my sister. Yeah. yeah. She was like five. Mm. So I, think it's... I found this really disappointing. Yeah. <laughs> I was just it's because like, the kids need like... to be hotter. But I think this is the other thing. Um, physical props animating themselves scares me. Okay. Supernatural, uh, natural things acting supernatural, um, are asking questions that we can't answer in a logical way yeah, straight yeah, away yeah. makes me go, this would terrify me if that happened to me. I think I'm at a point now where I've seen this so many times that I'm actually quite immune to it. Like, it doesn't actually give me the scares anymore. I'm really, like, I can't wait for the 7th of September because I'm, like, I really want to see what they've done differently that will, yeah. I can't wait. I'm so, like, even, like, the trailer and what's coming out so far, I'm just loving every every Mm. ounce of of what we're seeing so far. This Uh, is kind of good. Claymation, you're going to love it. I love Claymation. Yeah. Apparently that's his real hair. Red hair? Apparently. Really? Yeah, that's what, when I was wow. researching it, they said it's his real hair. I never realised that. I haven't found a shot of him with it not red. Yeah. But he's got quite bushy hair in Rocky. Yeah. That's so cool, that. Yeah, I think, yeah. That's, yeah, freaky as fuck. Mm. Love it. Love it. Very good imagery. So, um, so yeah. So uh, we were saying about um, Tim Curry. He was in. A, he played the character of Darkness in Legend, which was the Tom Cruise, Ridley Scott, the demon with the um, yeah, yeah. Uh, another great kind of makeup look for him as well. For that, he played. And this one's for you, Ant. He played Doctor Petrov in The Hunt for the Red October. Oh yeah. Uh, and that was all. All of those roles he did before taking on Pennywise. Yes, he did take on. Yeah. And, uh, and then, as we said, Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. He was in The mus- the Three Musketeers as Cardinal Richelieu. Uh, I loved him in The Three Musketeers. He was in the film Congo, and yes. I have a story about that. <laughs> uh, one of the worst dates I've ever been on <laughs> <laughs> was to go yeah. and see Congo. I love that film. Uh, you amazing. love that film, it's shit. It's a great film. His Russian so accent. Shit. It's a great film. I worked in a hotel and um, we used to get VHS tapes that we'd put on the in-house movies and everyone had the same movies, you know, on a three-hour kind of thing. But when the movies weren't on, we could take them home and watch them if we wanted to. Was Pauline Hanson hosting that show? Sorry, it just <laughs> it looked terrifying like it sort of dropped. Maybe it was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah she had a burger. <laughs> mullet. Mullet, mullet, mullet. So Congo was one of those videos that we I took home and watched over and over again. It's a great film. 
It's not a great yeah. film. It's shit. It is. Film. It's awful. The only but thing this that's is good too. about it is Bruce Campbell. <laughs> so Wait, where's Bruce Campbell in Congo? He's there at the beginning. He gets. He's the uh, Laura Linney's husband or oh, I gotta watch it again now. He goes and she goes to kind of so he says, help. Groovy, groovy. Um, beep beep, Richie. Beep yeah. beep. So uh, just to round out Tim Curry's uh, other ones, in Muppet Treasure Island. You've got to mention that one. He played the character of Gull in Earth Two, and uh, interestingly, he would play another scary clown in 2013. This time by going the name of Ginger Clown from the movie of the same name. It's kind of weird how these, these plants are just sitting in his house. Mm. Well, it's Beverly Hills, California. Yeah. How did you know that? <laughs> <laughs> it was their actions that were sent to Yeah, yeah. Um, but tell. Tim Curry's a very... Um, he, he released records when he came out as Rocky Horror. It was one mm. of his big musical things. Um, uh, then he was pretty much the voice actor of all voice actors. Yeah, Every cartoon, so many, he was Hexus yeah, from stuff. Fern Gully, which yes. was based in uh, based in Melbourne, a city. Yeah, in yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a big, big Australian film that one, wasn't it? Well, it was an American production, though, wasn't it? And yeah. they just said it in Australia. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But I, what I meant is that it was big in Australia. Mm, yeah. Um, Shane Wong comes from Fern Gully. Just saying. Oh, does he? Yeah. Hey, there's Seth and the Werewolf. That's great. It's name a for a like movie, Seth and the Werewolf. Yeah, Seth and Werewolf. Yeah. I was a very. Um, I'm ready for my close-up, Mr. Demille. <laughs> you see the eyes pulled back on that. Yeah, role? yeah, yeah. So, uh, so the older Richie's played by Harry Anderson, but he never really did Night much. Court. Night Court. Other yeah. than Night Court, and he was known for in uh, the early kind of Saturday Night Live stuff. We'd often get called in as a as the you know like the the guest filler on chat sh- American chat shows. Oh yeah, and you know to kind of have. Uh, Johnny Carson and people like that yeah, to like bounce off and yeah what's it um, Jimmy Kimmel has that guy at the moment doesn't he someone like that yeah yeah Matt Damon that's it Matt Damon I'm <laughs> <laughs> um, just also on Tim Curry as well he recently suffered a stroke yeah I know is, yeah and he was uh, Spamalot he was on the, in the lead in Spamalot when that was going on in America when they debuted that right right um, right so that was his sort of he was coming back into uh, it and then he had the okay. stroke so last yeah. I heard he was being the criminologist or a one of the narrators in a stage version of Rocky Horror. Okay. Ah, mm. oh, so yeah, yeah, okay. Because he is wheelchair bound now, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. And he seems quite yeah. like it's. I think affected half of his body or something. Yeah, yeah. But just kudos to That's he's so still sad. working on. I know, isn't it? It must be too, because like he was really, uh, particularly early on in his career, he's really was renowned for his physical, physical attributes. Yeah. Like yeah. He was a really. Good... Oh, he was attractive as well. I mean, yeah, yeah, God, yeah. yeah. But um, also, he was he was uh, trained in dance. dance well, <laughs> was think? it? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Tim Curry. Okay, well, the sexy, I'll say then. Maybe not attractive, as in, would I date the face or would I want the body? <laughs> but, like, you know, as in, you look at the all over package and then also in his versatility, specifically oh, no, I love his versatility in and the I think shadow. He's got a very expressive face. Oh, yeah, we didn't mention yeah. that. The yeah. shadow. The shadow with Alec Baldwin. Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah. he was one of the bad guys that, you're a fool, Claymore. And he just. <laughs> it's just great. Um, his commitment to those surf roles. Um, I think it was the power, his confidence and power, that's really it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, an Irish cop. Oh, that's right, we're in the 50s, that makes sense. Yes. He's not how I pictured him from the book. The cop? Yeah. Yeah. I had a very different image of him. Ants, ants working. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna hear him tapping away. Ants writing blurbs. He is. Um, 
He's writing hate comments for the podcast. <laughs> he is. <laughs> <laughs> He's trolling us. <laughs> that Paul Fowler's tip. <laughs> the, um... Oh, Henry Bowers. Henry Look at Bowers. that. Look at that little, little curl. curl at the front of his curl, like Clark Kent. It's, oh, it's so the outsiders, isn't it? Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Or Lost Boys. Oh, Lost Boys. Yeah. I love that movie. Like, the work he goes into that hair. Yeah, yeah. And then he hassles people for doing anything. <laughs> it's great. And that is the cigarette-smoking man from the X-Files. It is the cigarette oh. man from the X-Files. Yeah. Barbara Man. He's working with Pennywise. He is. He's in cahoots, I tell you. He looks exactly not, not, the same. Not quite as scary in this as he was in the X. No. Sorry, X-Files. X-Men. In the X-Men. <laughs> Too many X's. There is. Yeah, so this is kind of Seth Green's big moment, isn't it? I don't... He wasn't in anything before this. No, he did a lot of like kind of kids. Like we were saying, it was like a lot of kind of kids shows and things. He so he kind of did a lot of kind of, sort of stuff. groundwork in the mm-hmm. kind of that area, which is why he, by this point he was a very a reliable kids actor to bring in. Yeah, he seems like one of the most onto it. Yeah, um, yeah. Offering so much. Yeah, that's what I think. It's yeah. The director didn't. Who did direct this? So yeah, that's good. Good question. It was Tommy Lee Wallace. Um, well, that explains something. <laughs> He's Tommy Lee Jones' brother. I've got it. So, uh, okay, we're, we're, losing, we're losing one of our no! losers. Yeah, I get to keep the microphone for myself. Yay. <laughs> so let's, uh, I do want to talk about Tommy Lee Wallace, who directed this, because um, he, uh, he directed three episodes of The Twilight Zone. Uh, well, like, The Twilight Zone in, that, in those days was like lots of little segments, mm. and so he did an in- individual segment. There's okay. your kind of... <laughs> really shitty werewolf yeah. character dude. But also, he's wearing a tool belt. So my question is, if this is my location from Pennywise, why the fuck is it working in the underneath the school? <laughs> like, why is it actually doing a job? No. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the werewolf in the movie didn't have a tool belt on it, or did it? I don't think uh, it did. I don't think so, yeah. 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 Blood. And there's that the t shot that they like doing again. Mm. Um, yeah, and Tommy Lee Wallace also did uh, he did an episode of Tour of Duty, um, and he was the but more importantly he had as I said a, a Twilight Zone director yeah. yeah and he he was uh, really closely uh, associated with John Carpenter, and that's kind of how he made his his work oh, essentially. Cool. So he started off as the associate art director on John Carpenter's first debut film, Dark Star, um, and it was a collaboration as I said that would see him working with Carpenter throughout. Uh, it included it, that included Assault on Precinct 13, The Fog, and Big Trouble in Little China. Mm. Um, he would also work on Halloween, including donning the notorious Michael Myers mask. Yeah. Um, even though it was uncredited. So he, oh, from an art direction sort of point of view, he seems really strong, which yeah. makes a, a sense why a lot of these iconic images are strong, but not the scenes yes. or, or, the, or the flow of structure and sequence. Yes, yes. This That's is really cool. Mike Hanlon in, in the library, if anyone's still listening and following on with the, the film side of things. Mike Hanlon sits down, he picks up a photo, stares at it, remembers his childhood, all oh, those lovely days, then remembers by writing down a swear word, something <laughs> profane, something unlike <laughs> he was thinking, and then follows it up with fecal matter in his trousers. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. 
I, f- I find the Mike thing quite interesting because in the yeah. book, Mike doesn't like Mike's one of the narrator and he's probably the strongest narrator of the whole lot. Like you know, definitely because his memory is all there, yeah. but he doesn't really meet the group for such a long time. Like it's three quarters of the book before he becomes a member of the Losers Club, and I did find that I didn't feel like Mike for for the narrator Mike gets enough screen time in this. He doesn't, or he does. I don't like, think he does. No, I agree. There's not enough backstory to his, char- his character as a child in this either. Where he's, it, he, he did have quite an interesting story. He you know? did, yeah. and I, and and for me, this is there's an incident with his character where he encounters it um, at the old ironworks. Yes, where I the, know, it takes on the form of a, a giant, giant bird, bird. Yeah. and that freaked the fuck out of me in the book. Cool, yeah. and and that for me, but they didn't do it in this. They didn't do it in this, and for me, it solidifies the climax of the movie mm. because we see it as a giant creature. Yeah, um, and that kind of made sense because yeah. that journey carries on through. But because yeah. we don't see any of that, when we get to the climax, it's it's underwhelming. But I think as well with Mike, like Mike's obviously, he's the historian in the group. He's the one who stays in town. He's the one who remembers. But also there's, he spends a lot of, there's a lot of interesting, like the discussions with his father and everything about the history of Derry yeah. is actually kind of a big part of what sets up how this happens every 27 years. Yeah. And I do feel like that has been left out a lot. Yeah, yeah that's right. His grandfather worked at the iron mills and they had a problem with the not lepers or the burning zombies or something, wasn't it? There was no the incident it, that his grandfather So remains? he's yeah, no, it was his it was his grandfather. It was the start of like the 1930 yeah. incident. That's right in and, the book, yeah, because yeah, it's shifted in time. They were. He was like in the military, and they had. They had. They didn't want the black soldiers associating with the, the white soldiers. So that they gave them a building that they could set up as their as their own, kind of clubhouse. And so they did it, and then it became a very popular amongst the locals. And they were having. They had bands playing, and they had people coming in drinking and whatnot. And then the first incident that triggers it, or was it was it the one that ended it? I can't remember now. Jeez, it's only been three weeks. Um, and it, basically the building burns down and a lot of people die in the building and that was kind of the big sacrifice of people that it needed to... Oh, to feed yeah. so it could sleep. Yeah. 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 But again, it's an interesting history because like that was a story that had been told to him as a young child and, you know, and when he starts digging deeper into it, that's how he kind of like, established that this has been every 27 years this thing happens. Yeah, That's one of the things from all Stephen King stories that have a history about the location. Yeah, yeah. They never in films take that time. Shining, they're glossed they over it. Yeah, Same thing. Yeah. And there's so much within that. Like this only has a glimpse at a couple of photos that move. But it's such an integral party of what Agreed. seems to be Stephen Corn- yeah. uh, King's stories. Yeah, yeah. He really is able to capture the, the location. It's almost mm, a world. character in itself, you know. Yeah. Um, this is a, sorry, just on, on this film clip we're seeing right now, this is the first moment where all seven members of the Losers Club unite. Oh, cool. And uh, they kind of team up against Henry Bowers. Stan sits looking like a boss. Um, and while we're just looking at this bit as well, I'll just finish off just talking about Tommy Lee Wallace for a second. So he was the guy that directed Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, the only Halloween film from the franchise that doesn't feature Michael Myers. And it's kind of a bit of a standalone film. It's really not a Halloween film um, in that respect. But he also directed The Boy Who Could Fly, uh, Fright Night Part 2, 
Um, Friday Pad Two, oh sweet. Yeah, so all of that before landing before this. this gig. Um, and then he would go on to direct later on, like he would go on to direct uh, the sequel to John Carpenter's Vampires movie, which was called Vampires Los Muertos, which starred a certain John Bon Jovi in the lead. <laughs> <laughs> the Jovi. <laughs> and it's a really shit film. See, again, I'm probably jumping ahead of this, but this is like another interesting thing. Like the Henry Bowers crew, yes. you know, as Henry's like sanity slowly diminishes, yeah. as do the others. Um, but there's that whole scene with um, Patrick. Yes. Yeah. That. Yeah. It... Yeah. So I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I, no, no, I, no, 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 no. I, I, I'm really hoping the new film keeps that because it's such a it's such a strong moment in the book. Yeah. Like, uh, and it is, it really, as you said, I, it's it's the turning point of Henry's... Sanity. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And I, and the fact that this doesn't get... I mean, it's again, it's it's a bit hard to do because it gets, slips into R-rated territory. Yeah. Um, but it's... Uh, I still think, and yeah, it's, again, it's sexual awakening again. There's a and lot that's, of yeah, it's like this, yeah, burgeoning sexuality. Yeah, of like, yeah. Ch- like teenagers or almost teens. That's it. That I could understand, you know, like back in the eighties when it was, we were all a little bit pure, you know, yeah, yeah, puritanical, and <laughs> you know, didn't want to do it. But also being a telly movie too. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right. Kind of restricted. But it's a shame that, like. Uh, from that point of view of maybe not everyone would watch it, but if what could it be yeah. if it had all of that in it? Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, it might not. Be, it might be a requiem for a dream, something that you don't want to watch, <laughs> but you watch it and you go, "Oh my god, it's amazing." Yeah. yeah. My wife hates that film. Yeah. But I, I love it. Mm. <laughs> Just... I've still never seen it. It, it. It's a hard watch. Yeah. Mm. It is a hard watch. But it's just so done. Oh. Real. Mm. Oh. Like even the the uh, the editing in it is amazing. Yeah. And oh, I watched the um, director's uh, commentary stuff mm, after yeah. it. Like, there's a lot of shots of the director sitting down reading the book with the actors, mm. and it's just brilliant. Just yeah, going, yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. Can I just say that that is what's lost now? Now that we don't buy DVDs anymore, yeah. we are losing those features like director's commentaries, and they are quite fascinating. Or some are of we them. getting them more of them because yeah. of YouTube? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm saying, like, again, for it, like, yeah, so many yeah, people yeah, reviewed yeah. this that, um, like, the new stuff, and all this information that's so uh, there's so much out there now that people are just offering it and can research it yeah yeah it's great there's actually a Facebook group which is designated to it Mm. and the book and everything that comes with it it's really quite interesting the um, but this is this is the bit where they've all kind of experienced the uh, there's lots of oh this is oh sorry this is uh, Mike Hanlon's book that he brings along which was his father's yeah exactly and this is a Again, a great moment in the book. It's actually done all right here, I think. Mm. I think it's been done quite well, actually. Yeah, yeah. I love it too, how he does all those things. Yeah. It's just like, he's agile as all hell. Yeah. It's so cool. Mm. (laughs) Singing in the rain thing, I think. It is. That's pretty scary. Yeah. 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 And then they fade up to colour. Mm-hmm. Does he put his hand out in this bit? Yeah. Because I remember he, he does it in the book. I just can't remember if he. Yeah, that's great. Mm. That's actually a really awesome. good shot. Yeah. Mm. 
But the way he moves his mouth as well, like it's, yeah, yeah. I'm interested to see how Sarsgaard's going to do it because, I don't know, from what I've seen, it looks so nothing. I don't know, it right, seems held, okay. held too much in the, yeah. he's a, something we can't, we can't understand, he's a god or he's something that we can't fathom, so he's just, oh, creepy. Yeah, Whereas yeah. He knows enough to different. know that he needs to be a clown to lure kids in. Yeah. So he knows enough to go, hello, little boy, come yeah, with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. He's not my favourite Skarsgård, I'm just throwing it out there. Ah, This is the first thing I've seen him in, I don't know what he's been from. The, uh, it's interesting, he's a tall guy though. Bill Skarsgård. Bill Skarsgård, I saw, yeah, I saw seen, a still have shot. Have you seen his brother? Even only the dad looks like he's a short. Like, they right. all look like they're like friggin' Vikings. Stel- it's Stellan, isn't it? It's the dad. Stellan Skarsgård is the and dad. And you're referring to a certain guy that played Eric. Uh, Eric Northman in that you're... True Blood. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Being be showed um, currently on Foxtel. The, so I can watch it during the day because I'm not working. Yeah. <laughs> they're showing it again. Yeah. Wow. Did you see that thing on, on the, the, uh, on the, the, on the uh, Sky News thing? Where um, somebody there was, the, you know, like a new, uh, not Sky News, it was... Oh, is that the British one? Yeah, it is, isn't it? Uh, the paid satellite Sky News one. And it's um, a news report, you know, at the desk. And in the background, you know, they have all these monitors on. Mm-hmm. There's somebody watching True Blood, and it happens to be a bit where Anna Paquan's removing her clothes. Oh, God. And full boobage. They would have gotten heaps of trouble. <laughs> and, yeah, like, so much people coming back at it. But then somebody somebody found out that it was Anna Paquan, even though it's a really short... Clip. Yeah. yeah, and like I know that distance. areola anywhere, <laughs> and it came up like and <laughs> Anna Pe- Anna Pe- <laughs> exactly, and Anna Pequan kind of apparently uh, found out about it because it cropped up on one of those kind of uh, celebrity kind of um, you know skin kind of I don't know you know those they those webs I say I'm looking at you <laughs> there's those websites that kind of list every kind of nudie shot. Oh yes, yeah, so yeah, like celebrity nudes yeah, or yeah. whatever. Yeah, those kind of things, and this it is kind of came up. Seen. And Annie, yeah, <laughs> and Anna Paquan kind of picked up on on it, found out about it somehow, and then she tweeted about it, going, um, uh, it's, "This is so funny." The blah 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 blah. And even uh, what's who she married to? Stephen, what's his name from True Blood? Uh, the guy played by Bill. Bill, yeah. yeah he Bill. even he even got in on it too, going, "Ah, oh, that was one of the best things I've seen on TV." <laughs> you know, <it's> like, <laughs> yeah, really, that's, really cool. I think that's fantastic. Well, especially even with that R rating comparison. You mean you got yeah, Westworld, yeah. you've got all these things, but when you add children to it, I completely understand where yeah, it would yeah. it, it gets so blurry. That's it. Yeah, it gets gets kind of hard. Even like Stranger Things, I think sometimes has that potential to push the lines. Yes. Atlanta, Georgia. So we're coming up to the final character now that we've been introduced to for and a while. Morgan, Morgan, oh no, sorry, it's Perfect Strangers. Perfect Yay. Strangers. Sorry. I used to love that show. I don't know why I thought it was Morgan Mindy. No, no Perfect Strangers. <laughs> so this is a Stan. Stan played by Richard Mesa, yeah. who uh, people might know as uh, Clark from The Thing. And it's a shame that Ant's not here, here and he's ducked out because he loves The Thing. Um, I just want to call out just in, in a preemptive to the end of this scene. This yes. actress is just her performance. I mean, when oh. she when, when she sees yeah. the bathtub, yeah, yeah, it's great. Special. It's just special. one viewers look out for that. Yeah. See, I have a like, yeah, I I prefer him when the the fridge scene, but you know. Well, if anything, uh, the book yeah, yeah, was yeah, missing yeah. this reaction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, it was. It was. Yeah. He uh, so Richard Mesa was also in uh, Heaven's Gate. He played Rutherford in Risky Business. He uh, also cropped up in both My Girl and My Girl Two. Yes. Yeah, that's where I remember him. Yeah. Uh, more recently, he's been in Oranges in the Oranges the New Black. Okay. Um, but also a little bit of uh, kind of a thing about him is that he served two terms of president of the Screen Actors Guild. Really? Yeah. President. Yeah. 
It's funny, I, actually, I remember him from, I can't remember whether it was Boogity, a, a te- telly movie that he was starring. Oh, oh, yeah. and it was about um, a pilgrim who had passed away in America somewhere, and at Thanksgiving time, his ghost came out and was like a Mr. Boogity. And yeah, he would scare right. them, and it possessed him at one point, I think in the second <laughs> movie. You know, that's where I just had a flashback. Then oh, I was like, wow. Oh, that's where, yeah. Because I saw him in this when I was a kid, and I was like, yeah. oh, I'm really excited he's in it. And then what happens? And it's sort of like, oh, that's a shame. Yeah, it is a shame. He's, it feels like, because he is a, a solid actor, actually. Yeah, mm-hmm. Even just that actor. shot. Yeah. Yeah, I think when I first watched this, he was the one that I recognised the most because he'd been in a lot of, you know, stuff that I'd seen. Yeah, 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 same, same. And I think, too, that idea of the motif, this this vulnerable character, too, for me as a a kid, played into that as well, saying, oh, I really feel for this person. And for seeing that reaction, out of all of the adult actors, actually, why did they kill him off? (laughs) He just had one of the best Uh, reactions. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. You read the book, you know. (laughs) Stan, yeah. Stan was the last one to really believe and uh, didn't really want to believe. But then Stan was also the one who bound them together. So, Yeah. yeah. So she's shooting a... That is the best shot. Yeah. Oh, because I'm going to use her to kill the thing. I seem to remember. Is that right? Silver bullets. Hey, so, Greer, what do you think about Beverly Marsh's character being um, basically the strong bad- badass that she is in this, particularly as this, at the time this came out? She's a very strong character. Like, essentially, they women in the 80s didn't to do shit. to destroy <laughs> Pennywise. No, this is the 50s. Up, Women yeah. in the 50s didn't do shit because yeah. they were chained to the kitchen. Um, but, you know, you're right. Out of all of the characters, she's the only one with balls. What's this movie? So what do you think, Rick? Sorry, I, I completely missed Paul's question. I was just saying about... Because people were talking over <laughs> that's him. That's right. I was, I was just saying about how she's actually a really strong character and she effectively is the one that destroys Pennywise. Oh, that's it. I'm out. What the fuck, Paul? <laughs> oh, yeah. Feminism well, well, that's what I'm saying. That's his like... interpretation of it. I'm <laughs> <laughs> looking at the ending. Yes. No, no, no. no we will discuss that honestly, when we get like, to it. When I, when I was re I mean, even when I was rereading the book, I kind of was like, yeah, they, there is this kind of very strong female energy around her character. Yeah, it's quite, like she's quite a, like a, is juxtaposition the right word? Like she's this, at home, she's kind of battered and. Yeah. But she really comes into her own in this group. Yes. So, yeah, that is quite... I don't know. I'll put you on the spot, sorry. Yeah, I... I was just going to say, it didn't necessarily, for me, seem like it was a strong female character. She was just a strong character. Character. Out of all of them, that's what I meant. It didn't... Male and female. That's why I think if they did have that scene with them being sexual, for me it would have really... Yeah, yeah, it would lose me. Yeah, that's right. That looks very wet. (laughs) That looks fucking soaked. It's because they're in Derry. <laughs> she didn't. She didn't inhale. No. Whatever you do, kids, don't inhale. But it, go in on, the, Stan. Is Have there anything in that? In the books? Isn't no, that it's, empty? it's just literal water with some. Water, yeah. That's yeah, yeah, that's right. So it's a placebo for him. But does he know that? He doesn't. Not at this, this point. stage. Cool. But it's that he's it's his mum. His mum's hypochondriac, basically. Yeah. Mm. You know, a bit of Munchausen going on there. Yes. Yeah. By proxy. Mm. Fucking hate that. Oh, but the Baron Munchausen, amazing. Film? Oh, film. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The original character. Oh, the actual guy. Terry, Terry Gilliam. Oh. Mm. I love this bit. <laughs> I love this bit. <laughs> I love this bit. It's great. 
Yeah. It reminds me of um, of Flying High. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> it's then that I discovered my drinking problem. <laughs> we had to get them to a hospital. What is, what it? is it? It's a big place with all these... Uh, people go to when they're sick, but that's not important right now. That's not important right now. That was Ant putting down his glass. <laughs> yeah, nice. And even like, um, I mean, they, they do really play on the whole kind of stand bit in this, but... You stand you? Where, where's he from? I haven't noticed He's the one on the left. Uh, Is, okay, so... Where did he come from? He's the, he was the one wearing the Scouts uniform earlier. Oh, he grew up. <coughs> he's the one... Oh, yeah. He's Richard Mazur. Oh, uh, Yeah. This is his, his story from his point it's of view. It's interesting because I always saw Stan as being kind of the weakest character. Yeah. Mm. But that's the point, isn't it? Especially when you have the Inhaler Kid, which is sort of set up all the information is to yeah, be yeah. the yeah. weakest character. In the book as well, or are you... I just talking about this, this. No, I think in this it stands definitely the weakest character. I think yeah. in the, <laughs> the. I mean, the book where he conf has to confront the uh, mummified remains yeah. of Pennywise in the building, and he has to. Oh, it's in the pool thing, isn't it? It's mm. like a, a game where some people drown, some kids drowned, and he gets locked in the building with it. And, uh, and it starts coming down towards him, and the only thing, the only way he gets out is by reciting birds' names, because mm. he he's a what's that, somebody that studies ornithologist. Ornithologist, that's it. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and but so that's that's his. Um, and that's the thing. Yeah, exactly. And there's the thing like what what, what essentially the, the way they are able to kind of confront Pennywise is to confront their own fears first. Um, so, like, for, for Stan, it, you know, he has to um, go to his safety net, which is, is the bird stuff. Mm. Well, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I clear my throat. Because so, they, um, they're going up against something which is basically fear personified. Exactly. That's right. They yeah. have to use their creation to be able to create something larger and yeah. more powerful than yes, it. Right. And that's why... That's so it's why not necessarily even, like, the comfort works, but yes. even him just going, I know this, I'm going to recite French. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean that's why the um, same as the sugar water. I'm guessing this kid's fucked. Yeah, yeah. There's a, a an alien moment here. <coughs> oh yeah. <laughs> you didn't like that scene. The um, what was I gonna say with that? The the uh, oh, this is right. <laughs> Distracted by the lights. It's the dead lights. Dead lights. And dry ice and mm. red party lights. Oh, it's happening underneath them. Yeah. I wonder if the oh. budget was for this. I know. Yeah. I'll be on my notes. Um, it's a party going on right here. It's a cameraman. It's <laughs> a celebration. That's one down. <laughs> Did you find that interesting as well? Like, considering, like, he, uh, in the book as well and in this, it's not just, it's more obviously uh, focused on in the book, <clears throat> where... Uh, Pennywise is, is essentially trying to use Henry Bowers to do his job for him. So why then kill off one of Henry, Henry Bowers' crew? Do you know what I mean? And this is what I didn't really understand. Is like, yeah. why would he... He could have done it himself. Why, why could Pennywise not take just take the kids? Why is he using Henry for it? I know, I know. It's strange, isn't it? He's a bit odd. 
Anyway, Stephen I, King, can Stephen you answer King. that question? <laughs> he was stoned, wasn't he? I got the impression, though, it was because these kids are using what we will later come to as referred to as the ritual of Chud all the time. Because they've been put into a situation where they have to use their creativity and their imagination, mm. they're the only ones that can go up against them, whereas the bullies have no imagination. They just, like, you know, rape, pillage and eat. <laughs> um, whereas <laughs> these guys yeah, are completely in a different world. Yeah. So that, therefore, there's this... Shield? There's a, yeah, it's an unspoken shield. A, a protective barrier. That's a yeah, theory. I like that. That could have been the turtle scene that I kind of went, "What the?" <laughs> mm. Yeah. But that's it. Like in the book, because I read the the passage in the book with from Bill's perspective, and like, yeah. oh my god, that would have been oh, that sh- needs to be in the film. Yeah, yeah. It needs to be in it. Um, Also, Henry yeah. Bauer's friends wearing a military jacket as well, like a, an old uh, yeah, militaristic yeah, yeah. jacket. Yeah. Yeah. You, you just don't, you're not really getting Henry's set, like Henry's descent into madness. No, yet. you don't. Not at all. No. <coughs> he just seems like a really nasty kid. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I like. I really like this scene. Mm. <laughs> I think this is great. <laughs> That just reminds me of Ghost. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I just want like Unchained Melody to play or something, <laughs> and Whoopi Goldberg to come out and be sassy. <laughs> this is great. Yeah, this. <laughs> when you think of, like, well, watch a snake eat. I mean, yeah. Or the lifelessness in his fingers that freaked mm. me out. I like, you know, there, there's. Um, I'm jumping ahead a bit here, but it's when the light comes back out again that you just go, oh fuck, <laughs> you're done. Like a roller coaster too. So this doesn't happen in the book. No. <laughs> you rang. <laughs> Hello. Hello, buddy boy. So I, because you were saying that his descent into madness is a progressive thing throughout his storyline as a character. Yeah. Whereas this seems to really set it up as in once he's seen the deadlights, he's gone yeah. insane. And he's got. Where's right, the other yeah. progression? Yeah, well, works so no, much in the book, there's a lot of. Um, uh, there's another kid in it who's not really in this. Yeah, um, Who right. was like killing animals and things <clears> like that and storing them in like a fridge. And then, and then there's a, a sexual awakening mm. uh, moment of. Let's just call it a. Well, that's a homosexual thing at the yeah, beginning yeah, of the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, I was going to give it some kind of, you know. Like interesting, like intelligent name. But <laughs> we just said right. nine-year-olds were having an orgy before. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So literally that, and then from that moment on, once Henry, I think, kind of starts to realise that, you know, he's got yeah, yeah. yeah. He's then confused. he starts to get crazier mm. and crazier and meaner and meaner. Yeah, that's a really that would be really good from a character yeah. perspective. Yeah, it's a it really is. interesting character. It yeah. is, and it makes sense where Henry ends up too because he. Essentially, ends up in the mental asylum. Because don't forget, in the book oh. as well, Henry kills his dad. Yes, that's right. He literally goes home and slits his dad's throat. Jeez. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> Look, dry ice. I ah. it. Where did that come from? So the thing above them, that was the alien form, was it? Yeah. Right. Is it supposed to be so terrifying that we can't make out what it is? So the closest we can come to is it's sort of like a crab or a spider or, or some. No, that no, doesn't look like a turtle. <laughs> the turtle's the good thing. Yeah, turtles did some. But what if it wasn't? What? They are one and the same? 
The turtle isn't good. The turtle burped us up, our universe up, yeah. accidentally. Yeah. Isn't everything inherently yeah. good and inherently evil? No, it's all subjectively good and evil. <laughs> <laughs> There in a nineties rave right now. Douche <laughs> <laughs> douche. Um, oh, what was it? House on Haunted Hill. The haunting. The haunting. The haunting. The scene the when he's holding original it. The original. One. Yep. yep. I'm holding. Whose hand am I holding? That's flashback ah, for this for me. Ah mm. yes, 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 yes. It's a great film that. Mm. So much better than the remake. Baby. Yeah, so this is where they're, you know, they, that's what I was referring to earlier, where they're facing their, their own individual demons. <clears throat> but because they have the power to mm. stand up together. Okay, okay. <laughs> Sorry. Back How massage. many of them are there? Seven? Mm. Seven the of them, yeah. Stan and the birds. So when in the uh, infamous, now infamous, orgy scene that isn't in this, Stan recites the birds. <laughs> Does he? So he doesn't come early. Does he? <laughs> Basically, Oh, yeah. my God, that's awkward. <laughs> 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 oh, that's awful. That's, I don't want to see that scene anymore. It's one way to get thrush. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, good night. On you, Robin. <laughs> <laughs> see, see, and Stan character gets character taken again. away because mm. he's the weakest. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Be afraid. It's like Annabelle creation. Oh, tastes so much better when you. Do you remember that? I haven't seen Annabelle. Attack creation. of the uh, weakest character, Ant. Hello. That laugh. Sorry, what was that? <laughs> <laughs> I was saying I was trying to get Ant's attention, but he's. Uh, what's, uh, what's, I haven't seen this. <laughs> you said you had. I'm riveted <laughs> by the action. Yeah, this is a great moment. He is the weakest one. And there mm. goes the teeth again. And yeah. I love that bit. Mm. <laughs> I'm helping. Yeah. I love that. I love yeah. that Pennywise is so scared that he actually believes that that is battery acid as yeah. well. But that's, well, that's, it. Right. that's That's the only reason yeah. he exists. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's awesome. Do it, Bev. Quick, before he gets flushed out of the toilet. Playback on. I really hope the special effects are better in 2017. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And there you get like the clawed clawed hand. Like there you go. Tooly type. Yeah, yeah. The fuck was that thing? I think it's dead. I think it's dead. It is dead, though, isn't well, it? It's, it's a coming back. There's no way it's coming back. It's been mortally wounded. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the it's 50s. Done. He's yeah. having a nap. Well, <laughs> a 27-year <laughs> yeah. nap. But even if you did kill it, I mean, it lives in your fears. Uh, on that note, though, like, so in the book it's every 27 year, years, but in the film they mention 30 years. 
In this, they say 30 years. But no, but in the book, it was kind of between 27 and 30 because I think it would start around it's the 27 and then some of them that would actually, like some of the years would actually like uh, last for multiple years. It depends on how much he's gorged. Yeah. Mm. So this is the bit where they have their kind of blood packed. In the book, Slash they... orgy. Yeah. <laughs> no. Is, is <laughs> this, this the bit? moment no, where they no, would no. though? No, no, no. This is just the bit where they, they kind of... Oh, so, it, so this is the bit where they're supposed to cut their... If it comes hands, back. though, aren't they? Like, isn't it Stan's yeah, yeah. idea to... It was Stan's idea in the to book cut to cut themselves. their hands. Yeah. And iron ironically, that's what he does to himself mm. when he can't confront the fear again. And Yeah. So... But also, don't forget, when they were kids, they couldn't get out. That's why they had yeah, the orgy. Right. Yeah, that's right. So we just missed the orgy. We did. Oh, did you see it? It was a very quick orgy. Yeah. yeah. I, I <laughs> feel <laughs> it. They are 11. So yeah, I, I remember all the birds' names. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all the birds' names. Okay, I've got to throw this out there. Yeah, go on. And if you ever hear it, I'm really sorry because I have a lot of respect for you, Stephen King, but what the fuck? Mm -hmm. he Seriously. Even said, he even said that he doesn't remember writing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know, that's a bit of an easy out, though, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's a bit of a cold state wake-up. I didn't write that. <laughs> Marge, did you write the book for me? It's like Plinkett wrote it. This is your favourite bit coming up now. Oh, yes. <laughs> the acting <laughs> performance. I, I do <laughs> love that the wife has brought him a beer to have in the tub. Like, yeah. bless her, what a sweet soul she is. She doesn't is. deserve this. Hey, is that interesting about the pom-poms yeah. on the... on the? Yeah. I never noticed that before. Neither. On the statue, there's like... And that's kind of very penny Pennywise... Oh, I like that. At the end, all of a sudden, mm. art direction again comes this back to Tommy like, Lee. That's it. Well, this is it. Yeah, there's a nice hairy chest. Boogity. He is a very neat person, Stan. That's a lot of blood. Yeah, a lot of razor blades too. Oh yeah, he didn't do this shit by halves. No. <laughs> <laughs> you look at it. There's like eighty in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! I keep missing. Yeah. So the clock kill himself. Yeah. And he wrote something as well. So specific. What's that? It says it. Uh, Have you got the sh? Oh, I I know, this is Richard's favourite bit. No! And that is the end of the first part. Yay! That's a hilarious um, menu picture as well. I know. A balloon! Oh my god, it's a balloon! A balloon! So we are going to just, uh, for those that are listening on the podcast, we are going to stop there and uh, end the first part of the, uh, as is with the first part of the TV series. Also and known will, as the Losers Club. The Losers Club. Woo! And we'll pick up again in the, in the second part of our podcast. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Dreams. You're listening to the Surgeons of Horror podcast. Music supplied by Peter Nezik. For more discussions or podcasts, head over to surgeonsofhorror.com or head over to our Facebook and Twitter sites for the latest news and updates.